Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things when you're streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. You can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station, and you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. Yesterday, we told you about a new podcast that's coming to Super Talk. That's True American Heroes. It's all about the stories of America's true True heroes in their own words. And joining us today is the host of that, Jack Rutland. Hey, Jack. Hey, Rebecca. How are you? I am doing well. Congratulations on your show being turned into a podcast. (laughs) Well, I'm not sure what all that means, but I'm thrilled for the opportunity for folks to hear our veterans tell their stories. Well, I think this is definitely a good thing and something worth listening to other than some of the other chatter that you may find on on different wavelengths or or, or channels. So this is, has been, for a couple years now, the American Heroes, a show uh, there at Supertalk in Macomb, correct? Brookhaven. That's Brookhaven. Correct. Okay. So how long? Tell us a little history about the, the radio show. Sure. Sure. Well, it, it goes back a little bit further. Uh in 2013, we were going to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the uh, Brookhaven Lincoln County Military Memorial Museum uh, in the old depot in Brookhaven, and we were going to have a parade and have some speakers and recognize the veterans from all across this part of the state down here. And uh, and in conjunction with that, uh, Robert Bird, the manager at Supertalk, said, well, what if we interviewed a few of these veterans leading up to this uh celebration we're going to have on Memorial Day, and uh, and that seemed like a good idea, and somehow or the other, they lassoed me into being the host, and we, I think we interviewed, it was either five or six veterans uh, leading up to that, that parade, that Saturday parade and celebration of our veterans, and um, it, that was in 2013, it was the 10-year anniversary of the museum. Uh, interesting enough, uh, the <laughs> people wanted more and more. They they enjoyed hearing the the five or six. I can't remember exactly how many that we interviewed, and uh, and and I even had people come up to me and say, "I did not know that he was in World War II. I did not know he was in the army and he was in in Europe during the war. I didn't realize this about him." And 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 like most vets. They don't like to pat themselves on the back. So a lot of folks didn't know these men had had these types of experiences and were, you know, in my opinion, true American heroes. And it just kind of took off. And since then, uh, it's been COVID kind of threw us for a loop. Uh, and, and 
now we are we're somewhere in the neighborhood of sixty to sixty five interviews, Rebecca. That's incredible. How do you find your um, subjects to talk to? Are they all there in the Brookhaven or Lincoln County area, or have you expanded out now to some of the other uh, counties within Mississippi or, I guess, nationwide? Well, the, the guys that, that we interview, because we, we like to do it in the studio there at Super Talk in Brookhaven, um, I would think probably the vast majority are local not necessarily Lincoln County. I mean, we, we, we'll we have them from Kapai County. We'll have them from Pike County, uh, Lawrence County, uh, over toward Meadville, back in the Franklin County area. We've had them from all across southwest Mississippi. Uh, and occasionally we'll, you know, if somebody contacts the station or, or contacts me and says, look, I, I wish we could interview so-and-so, he's got the... He's, I bet he's got interesting stories, <laughs> and a lot of times they really do. Um, so we've we've done this now, like I said, since uh, in earnest since 2013. We did hit a lull back during during COVID where we didn't do hardly any, but but now I, it's just as people will recommend someone to us, or we find out about somebody, and uh, uh, you know, I'll 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 see somebody <laughs> in the grocery store wearing a, a veteran's hat, and I'll walk up to him and strike up a conversation. And, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll invite him to come on the program. I'll, some of those will follow through and we'll do a program, an interview. Uh, some don't. Uh, quite honestly uh, and sadly, we, we don't have nearly the, as many World War II veterans as we did have. Uh, I've got two that I'm really trying to encourage them to to come in uh, for an interview, and, and both of them are almost 100 years old. Wow. But it's, uh, you know, I've, I've interviewed every conflict that uh, World War II to Desert Storm, Enduring Freedom, uh, and, and I'm just, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a wide range of interviews of veterans. I just did an interview last, week before last, actually, um, of a young man who's in the uh, Special Forces first uh, person I had interviewed that, that was going to be a Green Beret. Uh, and it was very interesting uh, talking with him about what all he's had to do and his training and, and it's encouraging to hear young men uh, with that kind of heart for America that are willing to serve. And it's, it is a price that they pay when they serve. But it's been a, it's been a wonderful adventure for me because I'm greatly honored and privileged to be able to be a part of it. Well, it sounds like you have unlocked a few treasures there, at least that should be shared, right? And it obviously is such a gift to their family, but then it's a gift to the rest of us to recognize that, you know, these men and women, they come back and they don't always just open up, if you, especially if you don't ask. And then even, too, if family members ask, you kind of get just the surface level kind of answers. So, Jack, how do you sort of help your um, guest navigate what parts they want to share or versus not want to share when they come in? Do you do any kind of, I guess, background information or history on them before you get them in the studio for the American Heroes? Sure. Uh, usually just two or three basic questions. You know, what, what conflict did you serve in, of course? Um, what branch of the service were you in? What role did you play uh, in that branch? Were you 
a mechanic? Were you a radio operator? Were you uh, in, in special weapons? Or, 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 you know, just exactly what did you do? And if it, and because I do have a little bit of a background, not necessarily being in the military, but grew up as a dependent of a, of a man who served in World War II and 22 years in the Air Force, I was around veterans growing up. So I learned and, and love history, and I learned a lot of history from them. But when I talk to these gentlemen that I'm going to be interviewing, and it's not always gentlemen, there are ladies, um, when I do initially talk to them, and a lot of times it might be prior to them coming in, or sometimes it'll actually be when they get there, we'll talk for a few minutes in the studio because all of these are, are pre-recorded. And, uh, you know, take it, 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 it'll relax them. We talk about what they did. Bill might mention, I'll ask him, tell me, tell me what you did. Tell me some things that stand out in your memory. And, and they'll mention a couple of things, and I'll make a note of that. So when we start the interview, hopefully we've gotten a little bit of a relaxed atmosphere. And then as we talk, I just kind of talk about the things that they mentioned to me and things that I already knew or had studied about a little bit. And then as, I, uh, you know, as we just go, it, it, it's just really interesting because I love being able, this is this is where I, I hate to say it, but I'm really fortunate. I get to see their faces, yeah, and I, and I get to, to to look at their expressions, and and Rebecca, I've 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 heard them laugh about stories and things that that they did, I, and I, but I've also seen the tears, and I've seen them unable to talk about those difficult things that veterans sometimes have to go through as they defend our country. These are definitely stories I feel like that we all should just be listening to, right? I mean, we should be listening to those that went before us, whether they they served or not. I think in your family, this is just such a good reminder, Jack, that your grandparents aren't guaranteed to be here next holidays, or really, I know we're not all, but they're full of a wealth of, you know, this entire life that they lived prior to being, you know, your grandparent or being whoever they were when you met them, your parents, and just getting to know, like, what were they like? What were your ups and downs and sort of, you know, what you walk through and particularly, um, you know, interesting whenever it's someone who chose the route of military service and then was placed in all of these different scenarios, you know, without their choosing. Yes, they chose to enlist, but they didn't necessarily choose where they sort of ended up and to see how that sort of impacted them in the long run and then also impacted our freedoms. I know that you um, got a few that are your favorite, Jack, so we're going to keep you around. We've got more with Jack Rutland. He is the host of Super Talk's newest podcast, The American Heroes, which you can get wherever, true American heroes, uh, wherever you listen to Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. 
back to Good Things. You can find us on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. You can also stream us live at supertalk.fm. You can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And don't forget, we've got podcasts. And one of our newest podcasts is True American Heroes. It is hosted by our guest today, Jack Rutland. It has been a show there in Super Talk uh, Brookhaven for several years. But now we think everybody should have access. I believe everybody should have access to these conversations in a really easy to do format which is in podcast form you can get true american heroes wherever you listen to podcasts so jack you guys are still doing new interviews so is this still also a show there in brookhaven i don't want to freak anyone out that their show's being taken away from them um is this just in addition to what you're already doing by uploading the previous shows into podcast form Yes, the program is every Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock at Brookhaven on the live uh, Super Talk Southwest uh, station, and uh, it still has a lot of listeners. And, and, yes, we are doing new interviews. And the whole purpose is not to glorify war or, or to make heroes out of these men, even though in my mind they are, and in the minds of American they should be. But these are men who and women who were just citizens who, when the need was there, they volunteered or they were drafted and they chose to serve and be a part of whatever role it might have been to uh, to serve their country and to keep us free. Uh, I, I know what President Reagan said years ago. He said, the way we honor our veterans is that we not forget them, that we always remember them. And this program, I hope, reminds people that they need to, when they see a veteran, they see someone with a hat on, Say thank you. Thank you for your service. Or, or if somebody you find out that you didn't know was a veteran, well, then write them a note. Send them a little note and say thank you for your service to your country. And, and I, I, just, I just pray that this podcast, this podcast uh, thing that we're doing now with Super Talk for the program, just gives an opportunity for more people to hear the stories that I've, that I've been fortunate to hear these last 10 years. Well, I hope that it catches uh, fire like it did there with the in Southwest Mississippi, and it opens the door for you to be able to, you know, interview great um, heroes all across the state. I know you're limited; you like to be, and I get why you want to be in person. I can completely understand that with who you're talking to and see the face. But I just hope because I feel like you know this is this is such a gift. Um, not only again, I've mentioned it to their families for sure, but then also just to us. So, who are some of the coolest people you've met? And maybe some of the most memorable stories over the last couple of years there, Jack? Oh, goodness, goodness, Rebecca. I, I knew you were going to ask that. That's the whole, <laughs> whole thing for me because there's so many of them that are really, really outstanding. And I will say this. It's amazing how many people will come to me. I had, I had a lady come to me and say, you know, I loved my daddy and lived close to him my entire life. But she said, I heard stories on the program that he told that we had no idea. He has never told those stories to anyone else. So, yeah, it is a good way for people to remember what our veterans have done. I, I, I'll give you just a couple. I remember interviewing one just recently. Well, I say recently in the last couple of years. He was uh, he was in Iraq. It was during uh, Enduring Freedom, and he was in the Army, and he was an infantryman, and he was on the ground, and they were in a combat zone, and he was the point for their squad just doing a, Reckon order, surveillance, they were just going through this little village. And he said, I, I peeped around the corner and I looked. It was all clear. I took one step out and all I saw was a flash. And he looked at me and he said, the next thing I knew, 
I was waking up, and my corpsman, my, my medic, was stand, or kneeling beside me and shaking me to talk to him. And he said, I realized then that I had been shot, but my Cavalier vest had saved my life. And it had hit me directly in my chest, but the, the vest that he was wearing saved his life. And he was able to share that experience uh, with us in, in the studio that day. And, and, and I think about a young man. Uh, well, he was a young man at that time because like, it's interesting when I see these guys, especially the older ones, when they did the things they did and when they were telling me stories about their lives and their actions and, and what happened, they were in their 20s. I listened to one here recently where the young man was in the Navy, and he had enlisted when he was 17. And he was on the uh, the Yorktown in the Pacific uh, and was talking about what it was like to serve uh, in the Navy. Uh, Mr. Tom Britt, a gentleman that I went to church with who is no longer with us, talked about being in Korea where he was able to uh, their their position was overrun by the uh, um, North Koreans, and they were all falling back, and, and one of his buddies close to him was wounded and unable to walk, and, and his sergeant was telling him to get out of there, to get out of there, and he went back and picked up his buddy and threw him over his shoulder and walked almost two miles to get him to safety. Now, his sergeant chewed him out, but later he received the Bronze Star for bravery, for rescuing his friend. I, I remember a dear man that I went to church with who was in England during World War II, and he was a mechanic. You know, not real glamorous, but so important because he was a mechanic on a B-17. And every night, he said, we stayed up all night working on the planes that would fly the next day, and then we'd sit and hold our breaths for the next eight to ten hours waiting for them to come back from their mission that day. And those are the kind of stories that, that it's just men. I listened to one not too long ago, a young man who was over there and who was actually landed uh, on the beaches on June 6th. And he was talking about how terrible it was and the, the noise was so bad and the smoke was so bad and, and, and they were all sick from being on the ships for a couple of days anyway and the water was so rough. Uh, you know, he just shared what was going through his mind. And, and hearing these personal, personal stories from these guys, and many times may not have told them to anybody for the last 40 years or 50 years or however long, but to hear them share their stories, these, 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 I'm hoping these podcasts will, will help people to realize we have a lot to be thankful for in our country and we have a lot of people to be grateful to, and that's our veterans. We need to be constantly thanking them. And please, don't forget the men who are serving today, uh, the ones who are wearing the uniform, the ones who are willing to go whenever they're asked to go. We just need to be thanking them and thank the ones who did serve in days gone by in Vietnam. Don't forget our Vietnam vets. If you see a hat on a, on a man that, that says, Vietnam veteran, please thank him. I had a conversation with a Vietnam vet in the parking lot of Walmart a while back, and I told him, thank you for your service. And I said, you probably didn't get a lot of that when you came home. He said, I got none. He said, no one said thank you. 
but he said it's different today. So that encouraged me, and I just want to encourage our listeners, Rebecca, we just need to be thanking our vets and then assure them we're not going to forget what they've done for our country. It's something so easy to do. I mean, you know, Jack, obviously, if they're wearing the hat or the shirt or whatever it may be, they're obviously proud of it themselves. They're putting it out there. And so it's just so simple just to say, even if you don't like complete sentence, just to smile at them and give them a nod or a little bit of a wave or a head, you know, head tilt. They usually know exactly what you're trying, you know, to relay. If you get the opportunity to extend that extra, you know, thank you for your service. Um, it does. And it makes you feel good. So, Jack, over all of these interviews, how how has this impacted you being the host of True American Heroes? Oh, goodness. It's a great, great honor. I feel so humble doing this. I, 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 I'm, I'm in, I talk to some of them, and they are so, there's so much humility. They don't even really like when you ask them questions. You know, and if, and if I would ask someone about, you know, did you, did you get a medal for that or, or, or anything like that, they don't. Even now, maybe 30 or 40 years after it actually happened, they don't want to talk about it. I'm, I'm so grateful that I've seen, and then I know the World War II vets are called the greatest generation, but we also need to remember that anybody that served, as far as I'm concerned, needs to be recognized as being great in the eyes of the rest of our country. We need to say thank you to them. We need to promise them we're not going to forget. We know what they went through. To some extent, we never know exactly what they went through. Uh, I interviewed a guy that I remember him talking. They were on the beach. Uh, and they had just landed. They were under fire. They were being shelled. And he was with three, two other buddies. There was three of them. And he said next thing he remembered, there was an explosion. And he woke up laying flat on his back. And both of his buddies were gone. Mm-hmm. They had died. He didn't. He came home and was able to tell that story about his two buddies. And now we can keep those stories alive, Jack, by listening and subscribing to your new podcast, True American Heroes, available on the Super Talk Mississippi app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You drop new episodes on Tuesday, still there in Southwest of Mississippi. Jack, I appreciate your time and what you're doing, and thank you for your service. Oh, I'm just, I'm just facilitating. I love what I do, and I'm still looking for more interviews. If anybody wants to be a part of it, just call the Super Talk station in Brookhaven and uh, just tell them that you, you've got someone they'd like Jack to contact, and I'll do it. All righty, you guys stick with us. we got more good for you coming up next. From the Zebra Paint Upbeat. Positive and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Got a girl from the south side, got brazen hair. First time I've seen her walk by, and I about fell off my chair. 
Talking about the good things, don't forget we are streaming live right there at supertalk.fm. If you've got the Supertalk Mississippi app, you can find us there along with all of our podcasts too. You can also find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station and you can watch us. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. And don't forget too, with the holidays combined with the recent cold weather, and it's just going to get colder outside, throughout the south, there has been a critical impact on the current blood supply for our state. There is less than one day's supply left left on our shelves. So Mississippi Blood Services is in desperate need for the following types. You've got O negative and O positive, B negative and B positive, A negative, and if you are A positive or AB positive, please come in to donate a platelets. Basically, if you've got warm blood flowing through your veins, they could use it. So call Mississippi Blood Services at 601-368-2673 or go to msblood.com to find a blood drive near you. Here's a fun headline. You actually sent this to me yesterday, Rhino. If someone's looking for something fun to do this year that pays a little dough, the Oscar Mayer is in search of their next hot doggers to drive the Wienermobile for the new year. It's not a bad gig. It's $35,000 a year. Not sure what you're making now, but that could be up or down. But I bet you're not getting that to drive across the country in the iconic 27-foot Wienermobile as the brand's spokesperson. Well, that's just the salary. You also get, I want to say, three weeks vacation. So you get some time away Mm -hmm. from the Wienermobile. And you get a per diem of $150 a week for meals and personal travel. The Meat and Cold Cuts Company and subsidiary of the food giant Kraft Heinz says it's in the job listing. For the wieners will get paid, as I mentioned. The average hot dogger travels $20,000 a year, visits at least 40. Dollars or miles? Miles, sorry. <laughs> I was having the mi- Thank you. It probably feels like it by the end of it. If you, Well, it's a good thing you don't get a dollar a mile because you'd be getting gypped there just a little bit. You will visit 40 cities um, to host pop-up events, appear on local media, and create content for TikTok and Instagram. So you got to be savvy and in that area it's an opportunity to be frank most people would relish <laughs> i love what they did there that's funny and if i'm not mistaken they can still claim that fewer people have been oscar meyer wiener mobile hot doggers than have been to space oh that's neat i mean it would definitely be an icebreaker for you. This is perfect for that person who's looking for that gap year to explain to your parents what you that you don't know what you want to do with yourself, but you need to get a job. And so come, you can come back home and say, hey, I got a salaried position and I'm going to travel the country. And it's an instant resume builder. And it's an instant resume builder. I am going to be a hot dogger for the Wienermobile for the next 52 weeks. Yeah, it, I mean, think about it. You're you're in the the hiring position at a job. Doesn't matter really what the job is, mm-mm. and you have two candidates that are pretty much equal, but one of them drove the Wienermobile around for a summer, and the other didn't. Which one are you picking? I don't know, but applications are open through the end of January. It does make you wonder, like, what's the type of background information that they will be um, looking for? What is, like, is there a driving test? Because 
I mean, even though I think I'd make a great hot dogger going forward, I'm really not sure I could parallel park or back up the Wienermobile very well. Let's just say park it in general. If it's not like just slide into a position and bring it to a stop, I can handle that most times. How well does it take curves? Because, you know, it's, it's, it's an, it's a unique, it's a unique, um, mobile to say, to say the least. So there you go. If that's something you'd be interested in and you get it. It's not it, your usual aerodynamic shape. For the love of all things hot doggy, let us know because that would be awesome if you took the bait and, and actually got it. We would we would love to follow you around and, and, and know what your year is like. Rado and I are just wishing we could. We, all have, we have other responsibilities in which, although my kids would love it. I mean, I would put in their application, happy to do it, asterisk. Kids come along, homeschooling from the Wienermobile would be one heck of a year that most kids wouldn't be able to say. Well, if you were the hot dogger, what would the little ones be called? A little mini pups, which I heard Crystal's next here, I guess, probably in the last decade or more. It's been that long since I've had a Crystal. <laughs> but you ain't had a sack full in a while, huh? I have not had a sack full in a while. It's been a long time since I've gone through, but my memories of Crystal's are the little, the little pups, chili cheese pups. And my heart just sank when someone said, they don't have those anymore. And I thought, well, this is what's wrong with America. This They take away all the good things once. We once used have, to be a proper country. We used to be a proper, a proper country. Speaking of country, but it's a different country, I found a fully legitimate scientific article. <laughs> I hope you know what that means. I have, I would not hold. It probably doesn't hold water in terms of its legitimacy, but it's been revealed what language Mississippians want to learn the most, I guess, over English, according to a new study. So if you had to guess foreign language, if you had to guess, Rhino, what language Mississippians are most interested in learning outside of our own, what would you what would you think? I mean, first one that came to mind was Spanish, but for some reason, I don't think that's correct. It's not correct, so I'll give you a second chance. Uh, mm, German? No. No. But you're going to be surprised. Japanese. Really? So Japanese takes the lead as the most coveted um, Asian language and the most searched to learn how to speak here in Mississippi. Korean comes in second which is strange to me. Well, from what I understand about Korean, speaking it can be a little difficult to, if you if you don't have proper training or education because there's, there's just a difference in the way you, you hold your mouth and your tongue and everything. But the written language was designed to be super simple to learn. Like it was created so that the masses could be literate. So I think learning to read it might be a little easier than learning to speak it. Do you want to know what the last one or the third place one is? What's that? Mandarin. Well, that makes sense. Isn't that hard? Oh, yeah. It's even harder to read, a lot right? Of, a lot of inflection. There's thousands of characters to learn, considering in English you have the alphabet. And all the words are made up of the alphabet with the occasional punctuation thrown in like an apostrophe for a contraction. Whereas... Languages like Japanese or especially Mandarin, you have a character that can mean house, and then you have a completely different character that could also mean house, 
and you have another character that means house, uh-uh. but it means a house with a slanted roof, whereas the first one in context means a house with a flat roof, and it, and you just have to know all that. You just have to learn it because there's no clues without context. I'd be lost. It would be awful. And then speaking it is all about your inflection, and the inflection is almost completely different than the way we understand things. Like when you say a sentence and you end it with a rise, it sounds like a question. Not the same in Mandarin. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably get myself in big trouble. I think it's fascinating, those of you who are bilingual or trilingual or whatever, like when you start multilingual, being multilingual. Or Sorry, I just, every time somebody goes bilingual or trilingual, I always think of Full House when they're trying to get the little one into school and they're forging her documents. Is she bilingual? No, she's trying. Multilingual. So it will get you in. It will totally get you in. Hey, I hear if you start learning it when you're at that age, you have a better chance of like oh, yeah. developing it because you, you don't know that it's supposed to be hard. You're just learning new languages and your brain's developing. That's why I know the limited Spanish I know. Other than dating a Spanish major in college, the vast majority of the Spanish I know comes from like second or third grade and we just had spanish as a part of the lessons do they still and i should know that my kids going through that way but do you still get a, a foreign language in high school I, in high school you can take it but this was elementary but it's more school of like elect, and an, elect, an elective i think the only reason we had that was because our assistant teacher was an army wife who was multilingual so she was just teaching us a language as a part of her assistant teaching. So if you got the opportunity to learn a second language, like you pick it and then you're going to learn it, like it's not whatever. What, what if you could have another language to be fluent in? What would you want to be fluent in? Uh, not French. I took three years of that and it's just, it, it sounds like you're, it's not as bad as German, but it still sounds like you're choking when you're speaking half of it. So it would probably be wee, wee, Japanese. Wee. I would, yeah, Japanese is definitely one. So you're you're part of the reason Japanese takes the lead as the most coveted. I mean, uh, an economy that needs more people in it, and there seems to always be business for those that can speak both English and Japanese. Yeah, why not? Why not? Um, I wouldn't even know. I was. I don't even know a word. Do I know a word in Japanese? Oh, I'm sure you do. Like sayonara. Oh, is that Japanese? Yeah. Look at me. Fluent didn't even know it. All right. Stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. If you can always find us too on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. If you've taken the time to download the Mississippi Supertalk Mississippi app, you can get us from there as well. And we're always on your computer or your mobile device on Supertalk TV. Always like looking at um, 
I guess, world records, although it feels like some of them have gotten a little out of control. But this one, I kind of felt like I don't think I could do it, but I just wonder what inspired the man to last as long as he did. An Indian man punches punching bag for 55 hours and 15 minutes. He had some aggression to get out. How often did he have to punch it? What do you mean how often? 42-year-old martial artist in India broke a Guinness World Record when he spent 55 hours, 15 minutes throwing punches at a punching bag. So I guess the rules to throw at least one punch every two seconds and was allowed a five-minute break an hour which he was allowed to bank for longer breaks. So, so I guess, you go for a couple hours and then take a 15-minute break. Right. To which I would say, peace out. My arms are jello. And I'm sure they're not the hardest punch he could punch. He's just right. keeping it steady. Now my question, my next question is, was it a, a heavy bag or a speed bag? It's a he- heavy bags with longer bags, right? Yeah, the like, big one. So it's a it was a heavy bag. He broke the previous record by five minutes. I think I'd have just you know I guess he just wanted to seal that deal. When I wonder if they tell you you've broken the record by like thirty seconds, and then what is it mentally in you that keeps you going for just a little while longer to ensure that someone else would have to go even further? Because that's over. I mean, fifty five hours is. It's more than two days. It's yeah. more than two days. There's not much I could do continuously. You're you're approaching that part where your brain starts to turn off even if you don't want it to, and you start hallucinating. Mm -hmm. Like you start seeing people out of the corner of your eye that aren't there. That's like the lady, the the swimmer lady. Uh, Her name is escaping me. I can see it. I can see her um, nomad, nadad, something like that. Nyad. Nyad. I knew I'd get there if I just... Just kept swimming. <laughs> so she's the one that swam from Cuba to Key West and or Florida. And it took however many days, you know, swimming. Sorry. And so part of it was she started to hallucinate. And like her team was told to just like go with it. If she like saw the Taj Mahal, they would just say, yeah, isn't it pretty? Like they just completely bald and like, you know, then trying to like talk her sort of off off that ledge. I think the physical feat obviously is incredible. But yeah, you anything you go past to me. 24 hours and i am absolutely it has now become like it's it's yeah i'm impressed that he's gonna throw a punch every two seconds i was thinking well 55 hours that seems crazy but if it's like you have to throw a punch at least once every hour it's like that's really not that big a deal no that's not big a deal here's one that all of us could go home tonight and try nobody probably will but it's kind of like the um the drink one that we could have done or whatever the capri sun one and i don't even remember that now i think it was like Less than five seconds to open one from start to finish and drink it down. Five seconds is probably, maybe ten seconds. I don't remember. Anyway, this one, though, an Australian man puts on ten pairs of underpants. Oh, we're going back from yesterday. What is an underpant? Britches, underwear, your undies in 13.3 seconds. If you watch the video, he says that he practiced a long time perfecting the the way that he did it. And so, I mean, they're bigger, so they will... Be able to layer. So I don't know if you've got that at home, but we could all try it. And he's on his little tiptoes and he's got like a bend to his knees. So he just steps and then steps and pulls and steps and pulls and steps and pulls. And so this man, this grown man, used his quality time of life to now hold the record for 10 pairs of underpants put on on top of clothes and 13 points. I'm trying to figure out how to make this family friendly for good things. 
Mm-hmm. But the first thing that came to mind was, did he get teased about putting on his underwear quickly after a dalliance one time and figured out he was really good at it? I have no idea. <laughs> he said he always wanted to break a Guinness World Record and eventually settled on attempting the underpants um, donning title. So apparently somebody had done it um, before he had. It took- I want to go down in history for something. <laughs> it took him six months of practice to develop and refine his technique. He successfully broke the record a time of 13.03 seconds. But if you see the video, it's funny because his wife is recording him. And at the end, she's like, good job. It's just the strangest. (laughs) I mean, I guess it's cool if that's what you I mean, there are worse things to do with your time for sure. Not many, but yeah. (laughs) And it is something I feel like it could be a party trick. I mean, you could line up 10 pairs of undies and be like. How fast can you do that? And part of me wants to try it so I can have more empathy for how fast he did it, right? Because in my mind, it doesn't seem so hard, but I assume the moment you start, it's probably a little trickier than you would give it credit for. But give it a try. Let us know. We'll always let we don't you- need a video of that, though. <laughs> he, had, he had britches on before he started putting on his underwear. You mean pants? Yes, his trousers. Stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. you got the boys with sports talk from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.